Why, yes, I do. <laughs> You're in my brain. What? What? Is this too loud? Can you? Am I? Can you hear me in the back? Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we look at some of the academic innovations that we sometimes hear about but never often touch our lives in a meaningful way. We want to look at what it might take to turn those discoveries and innovations into actual things on a store shelf somewhere. Thank you for joining us. We're sponsored by Unimed, the Technology Transfer Office for the University of Nebraska. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scherer and Joe Rungi. Tyler is a PhD licensing associate in our office. How's it going, Tyler? Hey, good, Charlie. How you doing? Not bad. And Joe is like a lawyer version of a PhD. Yes, I am. Does that make you Esquire or is Esquire just any lawyer? Esquire is any lawyer who feels a need to call themselves Esquire because there's a deep <laughs> pit of shame inside them. So pretty much any lawyer. I don't know if you could. Okay. So like, but the JD though, couldn't you call yourself like Magnum Esquire? No, like Magnum JD. <laughs> Yes. That's a show I'd watch. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have been I'm I'm growing a mustache right now. So I call nothing. myself Magnum JD. You should. Why not? You know why not? Why? Cuz please take a moment to review the podcast and please take a moment to leave a rating. Also, please tell all your friends about the Innovation Overground. We want to be the front porch for all university innovation. We want to be the place where people go to figure out how all human discovery can be applied to commercial application. Application. Yes, that is true. I know you don't want to talk about your law degree anymore, so that's fine, though. I have um, a law I know degree. you want to talk about something else. I think it's time we went over. Isn't this show literally about my law degree? <laughs> it could be if you wanted to. Let's do that. I've always wanted to talk about myself on the radio. Okay, well, here you go. Here you go. It's yours. The floor is yours. Tell us All right. about yourself, and uh, why don't you start with your latest trip to autumn? I know that's something you enjoy talking about. Thank you. My gosh, this is seamless. So, uh, in 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 February, was it February? Yes, February. I attended my third annual autumn conference. What's autumn? Autumn. <laughs> autumn yes. You beat me to it. <laughs> autumn what? is the uh, four months between the. Actually, it centers on the oh, vernal equinox. The Nebraska so, autumn is twenty uh, minutes in September. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. It is a nice. It's cool. The Association of University Technology Managers is a trade group that was, according to my notes, founded in 1974. The first meeting had 75 people at it. I heard one of these speakers at the conference talk about the very first Wait, autumn when meeting. Was, when was Bob Dole? Right, exactly. Bob Dole was 1981. So That's... autumn, it wasn't called autumn, it was called something else. What was it called? I didn't keep my notes. It was called something else, and it changed the Association of University Technology Trans... Association of University Technology Managers shortly thereafter. But Baidol kind of changed the whole spiel, right? Because before that, it was a specialty kind of university administrator role that some had and some didn't. But with Baidol, everyone needed one, right? So now every tech transfer. So well, what was Baidol? Should so explain that. Baidol was a, a law that was proposed by Birch Bai, not Evan Bai, as the past version he of me said. He was the senator from Indiana. And the, the, the story behind that is interesting because it was very much driven by a particular need that Purdue had. They had some issues relating to sorting out intellectual property resulting from one of their contracts, and they wanted to consolidate it. And Birch Bay, as a, a good Hoosier, wanted to do whatever Purdue required. And so ultimately, working with Bob Dole, 
they created the modern regime whereby intellectual property rights are democratized. They live at the place where the research occurred and not at the sort of overarching federal government. Regardless of the funding stream that comes from the federal government. If it comes from the federal government, yeah, yes. Okay. Other funding streams can complicate things, but that's a different show, right? Okay. And so, when, so you're at Autumn, so you're at the conference. When that, yeah, when that happened, it created a profession, right, of university technology manager, oh, right, right, a right. UDEM, right? And they have an A, sorry. The, the point being, right, that, that that profession was more or less created in a modern way in 1981 in the United States. And so who does that job, right? I mean, you, you have a legislative mandate um, to fill a role that 75 people were doing <laughs> seven years before. And wow. there isn't yeah. And so if you think about all the stuff we talk about on this show, there's elements of business, there's elements of law, there's elements of science and technology, diverse science and technology, right? I mean, how many people study 5G and bioinformatics and, and microbiology? It's, it's the whole summation of human experience, uh, of human learning, right, uh, applied there. And so they're kind of created this strange hybrid career, right? How, how do you do what we do, how do you educate people to be able to do it? And, and that was kind of my initial experience of Autumn. So I started doing this job in 2005. And one of the first things I did was go to an Autumn conference in Disney World, which is actually my first time at Disney World. Ooh. I know, it's hot. The point is, is that Autumn was a great resource because they have a, a, a big educational show. They teach you everything you need to know about research contracts, about technology marketing, and, and it's a good introduction. And after that, I never went back because I kind of thought, okay, <laughs> I, I did the learner course. Okay, I got it. Got it. Thank you. So when All was done. that? About-ish? 2005. 2005. And then I went okay. to a regional autumn conference in 2006, and I, I didn't go to any other autumn events so, until – geez, yeah, about 15 years ago then almost? Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. to, they changed their logo. I didn't even know. Wow. Really. I know. It's hard to keep up. Probably there's something called Twitter that they're on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> MySpace? Yeah. And so the, the, the relevant part is... So you went back for the first time then this last year. The year before last. Year this before is last. my third time there now. But okay. yeah, and, and it's very different going back as someone who has been doing this for a long time. Okay. <laughs> and, and the thing that, that I kind of stood up in one of the panels is there, the it's a lot of university trained people. It's a lot of people who have PhDs and a lot of the, the professionals in autumn... That, that's not what they meant to do, right? Tyler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Hi, you, I'm here. That's yeah. my name. I am a, I am a Tyler. I'm awake. <laughs> I was listening. So when you were a, a, a lad throwing snowballs at cars. A, a wee little lad. When you were a lad in, in the mythic land of South Dakota. <laughs> yes. Did you dream of being a tech transfer professional? No, I didn't even know this that such a thing existed. I, I didn't either. But right. the way you described it and the diverse skill set required um, made it sound really cool. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah but like, how, how often do people, you know, like, so your mentor, how excited was your mentor about uh, you joining this line of work? I, I'm not allowed to talk about my mentor anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Me joking. neither, actually. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no. Um, she was begrudgingly supportive. Okay. Begrudgingly, <laughs> because it was less than... Well, why? Why would she begrudgingly? Well, because, uh, you know, I, I guess she felt like I could uh, be contributing more to science uh, by staying in directly involved with research. Okay. Yeah. So doing an academic postdoc or any sort of postdoc uh, that still had me at the bench doing research. I think, I mean, we've heard anec other anecdotes like that just from people in our office, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. 
right? Yeah, basically. Can you share yeah. that with me or pretend like we're on radio so like people can, you know. Yeah. You're going to make me drag I mean, it out so... of you as a hostile witness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's getting out the brass knuckles. I, 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 I have to review my NDAs I've signed here before. <laughs> so I think before we put anyone specific sideways, I think the thing that I sort of really was surprised at the Autumn Conference coming after coming at it as a seasoned professional as opposed to someone who is, you know, brand new going, what the heck is all this, was how pervasive that sense was, that there were a lot of people there that had made career shifts. No one had sort of planned to do this. And there was either a sense that there was a justification for it, right? Like, oh, this is really interesting. It's what I wanted to do. Or a sense of, I don't know, you know, that this is where I ended up, right? And, and, and that ethos, was still very much present, and so I, I stood up in a conf- I stood up in a panel, and that was talking about how do we talk about technology transfer to people that don't do it. And I said, well, one, you listen to Innovation Overground, which tells the stories kind of onesie twosie at a time, because people are less interested in exactly what we're talking about right now, and far more interested in you know five G networks and bioinformatics right. and you know robots that brush your teeth for your whatever, right? The, 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 the I know. <laughs> Let's get on that. But the, <laughs> so that 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 part of it, right? But I think that the thing that I was just genuinely surprised is like, and this is something Dr. Linder, who is our boss's boss, told us, you have a sexy job, right? What we do is inherently interesting. And, you know, our podcast is sort of dedicated to that, right? That we want to tell these stories because they're cool. And so coming back from the Autumn Conference, I got this real uh, monkey on my back. Right? Is that where the monkeys go? I don't know. That, where that's else one go. location that a monkey could go. Yeah. I wanted <laughs> other locations. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. No. So, listeners, <laughs> tell us where your monkeys are. Not, not an idiom, I don't think, but <laughs> mine's on my back. But I've had this monkey on my back to sort of address it and to tell all the people out there that listen to this that do technology transfer that your job is cool, that you need to lean into it and say, may not be the principal job that I intended, but had I known this exists, had I a time machine to go back to tell 12-year-old Tyler in South Dakota what he's going to be doing, yeah, you know, 22 years from now or 18 years from now or whatever, that that would be cool. I that, wouldn't have been terribly disappointed. <laughs> so you wanted- I, I would have been terribly disappointed if I was 12 and met Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's making first contact off, from the future. First off, bad touch. Um, <laughs> stranger danger, stranger danger. Get that monkey away from me. You have a time machine and he's this guy got a using monkey. It? Andy, he's got a monkey. Yes, it is. I have to say, young Tyler, not only will you be a scientist, but you will go on to use science to make business and valuable contributions and things that actually touch people's lives and live on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. I kind of feel like leaving the the studio here and doing some more tech transfer. I know. <laughs> I'm tired of talking Let's about transfer it. Transfer some tech. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, so what sort of response did you get when you stand up and say you have cool jobs, people? People loved it. Yeah. They came up to us like, yeah, I do have a cool job. I said, yeah, you cool. do. And then we'd hug. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I can. I can. I have a similar sort of. I mean, my background is journalism, right? Uh-huh. But you know, you sort of. <clears throat> I, I don't know. Maybe like. Like science journalism doesn't pay much, right? So a lot of guys and girls go to from journalism into some sort of PR realm. Mm. And so that's kind of what I did by switching here. Um, but I thought, you know, when I was still a reporter, I thought about getting into PR. And I thought, boy, I don't know if I could look myself in the mirror. But this job, no problems with that. Right, because you've got 
really interesting topics to promote, right? Yeah, but you're on the you're on the right side of everything too. You know, you're trying to get you're trying to help in any way I can in my meager efforts to help advance these technologies as as far as they can go. At least till we get to a point where either they work or they don't. You know, I think when you talk about the inherent ickiness of what we do sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, universities making profits off of stuff they invent. <clears throat> the thing that maybe makes that harder for me to understand at times is I'm always standing on the university side and sort of reaching into things that can be kind of icky, you know, but mm -hmm. I, I always have my feet, you know, in the ivory tower, right? And and there's something really wonderful about <laughs> the dichotomy of working with, you know, entrepreneurs and people that you don't really know about. And not that they are icky or whatever, right? But I mean, they're always open to possibility. They might be really, really good. They might be really, really bad, but they're always, you know, it's the university element that kind of connects that. And I think to your point, being able to always have a good story to tell, right? That always at least gives some element of stability and um, a, a common good that's sort of represented by, by what we do. And that idealism is really important to me to have a mission so, is helpful. So if you're if you're a recovering scientist like Tyler, uh, you know what do you say to people to, you know, researchers or industry people who maybe look down at you because you decided to take a different path into science? Well, first off, I love this job. I love getting to uh, to um, experience uh, science, the whole breadth of science at the university, not just focusing on one very specific but you're not pipetting topic. anymore that's not science you're not I, doing science I, yeah, anymore surprisingly don't miss all the pipetting <laughs> and all the experimentation um only every once in a while uh i mean the other thing is that you know we're not really talking about um on a related note uh the it was just recently reported i believe in science that um within the next year or two over 50 percent of um, science PhDs will no longer be going into academia. They'll be going into other jobs. Was well, so, there even room for them to be in academia anyway? Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's less and less of it. <laughs> yeah, so, so what is the response then if somebody's like, "Oh, you don't do science anymore"? I totally do science. Yeah. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. False. <laughs> but I think Tyler's got a good point, right? Which is, there's no way to have that conversation. You have to change the topic, and I think that. That very much was kind of the, the point at the Autumn Conference. It's like, no, 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 we're not defending anything anymore. You know, what we do is awesome and essential and important. And I think just having someone say that, you know, having someone equate Association of University Technology Managers and Sexy Job on an open microphone and then shamelessly promoting their podcast, <laughs> you know. Innovation overground. And then dropping the mic. And then dropping the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. Um, I think that that's, it's a very small mic. <laughs> plink. <laughs> I think that, that that really hit a nerve in a good way, right? It, a, a bunch of people just – a bunch of my fellow technology managers were, you know, very much in the same point. It's like, yes, I'm just going to own it. You just got to own it, right? Like there are many times in my life when I have – done a bad job at trying to hold too many things up because I failed to own any one of them. And, and dang it, I'm going to own this now. And I think I wanted to waste an entire 12 to 15 minutes going on and on <laughs> about have some swagger, university technology managers. Go out there and do your job. Your projects, most of them are going to fail because they're all early stage, but all of them are awesome. 
and this week especially so. Okay. I think on that note, it's time to come to ground. Um, thank you for joining us. On behalf of Tyler Sharon and Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you for joining us on the Innovation Overground.